Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys, welcome back to the Equip You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And with me today is our friend and sister in Christ, Marsha Montenegro. Marsha, welcome back to the Equip You in Grace podcast. Hello, Dave. It's so good to be back with you. Thank you for having me on again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, give us a quick, uh, it's been a little bit uh, since you've been on this show. Um, give us a little bit of a catch us up on what's been happening with you and your ministry and the ministry projects that you're working on. It, tell us about that new website as well. Oh, yes, I definitely want to do that. Well, let me say that first. Um, I do have a new website. It's it's a little bit sounds a little bit like the old one, but it's not the same. So it's Christian Answers New Age dot com. So the old one was ChristianAnswersForTheNewAge.org. Now, if you go there by mistake, it will take you to the new one, but that's only going to be for a year. So mm-hmm. it's good to get the new one. It's ChristianAnswersNewAge.com, and mm-hmm. it's set up differently. It, the yeah. search and uh, the search engine on it is excellent. So you can put any word in the search engine, like astrology or enneagram or something like that, or and and uh, all the articles related to it will come up. Plus, the articles are categorized so that you can even pick categories and look at everything. And it also will categorize um, the interviews that I oh. do. Wonderful. So, you know, if I did an interview on astrology, then that should come up. And um, so it's, it's very good for that. It doesn't have a list of articles like my old website, but the guy who got my stuff transferred over there said that down the road, he will do a list of articles. Um, but I think that's may take him a while. And so that's not going to happen anytime soon. But uh, so anyway, it's easy to find stuff. And uh, that's the new website. And that I've added a lot of articles since that went live about three or four weeks ago. I have added tons of articles on it. I'm still busy on Facebook posting stuff and I'm reading a lot. I'm reading several books related to my ministry, uh, three in particular right now that I'm in the middle of reading. And <laughs> uh, that's really time consuming, but it's very important, the books I'm reading. And then I am doing interviews like this. Yeah. Um, you know, several of those. I have three just this week. So busy. Yeah, that's keeping me that's keeping me busy. So I'm never, never bored. That's, that's I never can say I don't have anything to do. <laughs> yeah. And people don't realize, you know, those interviews, they take a lot out of you. I do them myself, you know, not yeah. people. They they take a lot out of you, especially when you're doing all the other things too. So Thank yeah, they, they do, because it's not you're not just talking like when you're having a conversation with someone, you're being very focused and you're you're thinking really hard, you know, trying to express what you want to say in a in a careful and accurate manner and in a clear manner so that people will understand what you're you know talking about. So, yeah, that does take um, it does take some some energy doing that. And that can that is tiring. Yeah. 
Well, today we're going to talk about, as you know, um, we're going to talk about the dangers of the new age and how Christians should think and even speak about it. So let's just start with a really basic uh, question. What most concerns you about the rise of the new age today in the church? What concerns me the most is that because the new age, the new age itself, the nature of the new age is that it is just well disguised. So it's very deceptive. It's very hard sometimes to identify something as new age. It can sound Christian. Uh, so it's the fact that it's so deceptive in that way and makes it more subtle is is a concern. Um, and other concerns are that one of the effects of the new age is that it will cause people to start thinking like new agers, which is basing truth on experience, for example. Mm. Okay, so the influence of new age things appeals to the flesh. It appeals to um, experiencing something. Mm. So wanting to experience, there's nothing wrong with having experiences. You know, that's not what I'm saying. But experiencing something and seeking a spiritual experience by doing certain things is not biblical. Right. You know, you can have an experience that comes naturally from prayer, from worship, from reading scripture. Uh, but you don't want to do a technique or try to do something to have that experience. And I think that's going on. And that's that's a very much of a new age thing. And then you have the experience and you think you you get certain ideas from it or you think it was real. Mm. And that can lead to, you know, more deception. And it can also lead to a desire for more experiences. Well, in fact, it does lead to that. It's very addictive. Uh, so the new age is very addictive in many ways. And the other effects of it are that it undermines mm. um, thinking and it undermines language. Mm. So it makes language seem less important than mm. an experience or than just being silent. That's in particular with certain things going on in the church. So there's a lot of effects of the new age. So so what I what I often say is that People think there's going to be something real visible they can identify as new age and, okay, I'll just avoid that. And sometimes that's the case, but often it's more complicated and more subtle. Mm. You know, like the tool, like the Enneagram, it seems harmless and innocuous, yeah. but it is a spiritual tool. And because of that, it has an effect that is damaging in the church. Yeah. And that's a much harder thing to identify and explain. So those are all concerns I have with the new age in the church. I, I really appreciate you bringing out the any example of the Enneagram. You know, you and I have obviously gone back and forth on that. And, you know, we've talked with Doreen and we just talked to recently to Ren Cherry. You know, uh, what are some like, I guess, yeah. for those, I got, I got a follow up question to that. What are yeah. some like distinguishing marks? like? You know, the Christians is out there, they're listening to that. You know, they might have grown up in the church. They 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 can't they don't really know how to distinguish. OK, this is part of the new age. Um, you know, how, what would they what would be the, some of the distinguishing marks? I guess I'm asking where somebody could, you know, be like, OK, that is new age. You know, what I'm saying? OK, so that it would to identify something as new age. 
Yeah. Oh boy, there's really a lot because the new age is so vast. But I would say, um, I would say, watch out for the word spiritual in terms of there's different things to look for. Some things are the language. Now, of course, the word spiritual can be used in a perfectly legitimate way, but <laughs> I'm just giving some, you know, some things that might be a red flag, mm. uh, like the word spiritual. Um, so watch out for that, for something spiritual, promoting something as spiritual or giving you an experience like I just explained about experiences. Um, something that that claims to help you understand a meaning in the Bible, a hidden meaning. OK, they say is something hidden or something that has not been discovered until now. Yeah. OK, so this message you know, this this uh, passage in the Gospel of John, you know, it was always interpreted this way, but there's really another meaning. And, you know, this has only been uncovered recently. So, you know, that kind of thing, a new teaching. The superior idea of superior knowledge is, is kind of superior knowledge and, and based on hidden or new, just new, just new knowledge. Mm. Um Usually that is a, a a sign, not just of the new age, but that can be from cults as well. Yeah. Um, so you have this idea, the idea of hidden, though, I have seen in my Facebook feed um, and I clicked on it because I was curious about it. And I think because I clicked on it now, I see it every day <laughs> and it's about unlaw. It's it's learn Hebrew, learn to read the Bible in the original language. And so I clicked on it because I thought, okay, what is what is this about? Are they really just teaching Hebrew or giving selling tools to learn Hebrew? And I went there and and I was reading and it had to do with really unlocking the meaning. And it said not just the meaning of the words, but the hidden meaning in the Hebrew language, the hidden meaning of the words, not just understanding the language, but the hidden meaning. Yeah. And I right away, okay, I know that this is not biblical and this is not, you know, now maybe the people doing it think they're Christians or maybe they even are, but they're deceived. Right. Uh, but right. whatever, this is not a Christian idea and it's not a biblical thing. This is not something that anybody should try to do. In other words, I hope people don't click on that and decide to, you know, take that course or, or whatever it is, however they're teaching it. I didn't go that, that far with it. I thought yeah. of actually putting a post up warning about it. Yeah. So I think they may be connected to the Kabbalah. Um, I'm going to look at it again and see what else I see, because it looks intriguing at first. Yeah. Like some Christians will want to maybe, well, they'll think, yeah, it would be good if I learned some Hebrew. So then they'll go that way. And then they get the idea that they may think, well, maybe there are really these hidden meanings, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> and then the people who promote this kind of thing and believe it can be very, very convincing. Mm. It can be very convincing. So that's another example. That's an example right there. Mm. Um, and so you've got to watch out for this idea of hidden meanings in the Bible, right. you know, hidden, hidden kinds of things. Right. That you could uncover, like we will uncover these meanings that you didn't know were in the Bible. 
Right. So this is all of a big danger sign. And, and I, I that is in the new age, but that really that concept of the hidden meaning is really part of the occult. Yeah. So because the new age and the occult overlap quite a bit. So that is really an occultic thing that the Bible is an esoteric book with hidden meanings. So I would say, you know, watch out for people or, or teachings that claim to have something new, claim to give you hidden meanings in scripture or meanings no one else has discovered yeah. um you know spiritual spiritual experiences um so just just be on the lookout yeah. because the things we know about the bible the bible's been around with the new testament for 2000 years many 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 people have you know read it and written commentaries on it and yes right. they don't all agree but there is a body of historical knowledge yeah. that, you know, as as far as the essentials of what the Bible teaches has been there for a long time. Yes. And so we have discovered what the Bible is telling us. We do know if we can always learn more as individuals, we can learn the Bible better and learn how to apply it in our lives better. Mm. But it's not like there's not something out there that is just really new or that's totally different from what we know. So, yeah, that's, you that's know, that's really, a, that's a, that's a danger. Yeah. That's really well said. You know, uh, I, I see, you know, we've seen, um, you know, maybe you would know this better than I would, but it, but it seems like, you know, 20, 30 years, maybe a little bit longer, you know, we've seen the rise of a angels and, and those kind of things, you know, in movies and on the TV um, why, why are new agers mm -hmm. so obsessed with angels? Yeah. Angels are a big thing in the new age. Um, now I myself was not into angels, not all new agers are into them, but they are a significant part of the new age. And I think it's partly because the new age really likes to be very spiritual. They have kind of this Gnostic outlook that the material world is an illusion or it's bad you know it's it's dense energy and so the more spiritual you are the more the less material you are is kind of the general idea and so angels of course are seen as these kind of non-material beings and i think that since the new age likes to be spiritual and they like spiritual things angels just really fit that to a T, you know, they're spiritual beings <laughs> and they're in another realm, you know, they're not like, well, they, well, of course, New Agers think you can contact them and even have a relationship with them, but they're still part of another realm, even if you can contact them here or see them here. So I think that's one reason. And, and there's an idea that the angels have wisdom and so they can guide you. They can teach you and guide you. Uh, so seeking out messages from angels, for example, is popular. There's um, a couple of women. I think that I know one of them is in Ireland. I think both of them are in Ireland and I can't remember their names. One of them wrote a book called Angels in My Hair. That was a huge bestseller. And I think it's even a bestseller in this country. And I did a Facebook post on her. Uh, Lauren Byrne. Yes, Lauren Byrne. Yeah. And there's another one uh, whose name I've forgotten. And I did Facebook posts on each of them. 
And I still get comments. And and I and and when I say I did these posts, I'm talking about I think one of them was like in 2014. So wow. it's almost 10 years ago. I wow. still get comments on it today. Wow. I still get comments on, you know, not every day, but I'm still getting comments up to 2023 because <laughs> I just got one a few days ago. And and most of the comments are people who are criticizing me mm. uh, for my criticism of her book and her concepts, which are very unbiblical. And I, you know, I write, I write in my post that there's no example in the Bible of anybody contacting an angel. Not a single person initiates contact with an angel. The angels from God initiate contact with man. They either give a message to somebody, um, or in the case of Peter, they opened the jail jail cell so he could get out, and and they released him because he was preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, in most cases, they're they're giving messages to people, warnings, or just messages like Gabriel visiting Mary. Uh, and so, but they're all sent by God. This is all coming from God. People aren't, you know, calling up angels on earth. <laughs> and so I point that out, right. you know, and I point out that there are fallen angels mm-hmm. who can be disguised as good angels. And when you try to contact angels and communicate with them, you're yeah. going to get the fallen angels. You're yeah. not going to get the good mm-hmm. angels. So a lot of people are very upset. And a lot of people um, see this as a Christian. They see this. Some of the people commenting believe they're Christians or say they're Christians. And they say, well, you know, this is something from God. You know, these angels are coming from God. So there's a lot of deception in that in that area, even with some Christians or people who, who believe they're Christians. So. It's a very tricky area, and people don't like to think that these angels this woman is writing about and getting messages from are fallen angels. You know, and they'll say things like, oh, but all the messages are good. The messages are about love, you know, so that can't be evil. You know, that's how can that be evil? So that there, there's a deception for you. Of course, the messages are going to sound good. Of course they are, because if they didn't sound good, nobody would want them. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> you know, they nobody would be interested in getting messages from these angels if they were like sounding evil. Yeah. So this is, you know, but of course they lead you away from the truth. And of course, a lot of people commenting were not Christians. I think some were New Agers and, but they still don't like any criticism of this, of course. Any no. exposure of this is as, as something that's really evil and not good. The angel thing you know, there are angel cards that you can get. I, I had friends who had angel cards in the new age and they would every day, like they would take a card and then they would go by for the day. They would go by the message on that card or they would do a reading with the car, laying the cards out like tarot cards. Uh, and angels are um, seen as guides. Some people who have spirit guides in the new age, well, everybody in the new age has spirit guides, but some of them think their spirit guides are angels. And I, you know, I was very concerned when a number of years ago, um, we, I remember watching that show, Touched by an Angel, which was mm-hmm. an incredibly popular TV show for years with Roma Downey. Um, it was one of the top shows on TV. Uh, Roma Downey and Della Reese. Uh, and I had, I had seen several, I watched several episodes 
Now, as a Christian, I noticed that there was never any message given about, even though God's talked about a lot, they don't really talk about Christ as never, he's never talked about as the savior in this program. It's all about God and realizing God loves you. That was pretty much, it was very bland, but they had all these stories that went around the angel theme and Roma Downey and Della Reese were angels. They were two angels. And Roma Downey would come to earth and appear to be a human. And she would come on a certain mission to help somebody. Mm. Um, now, so this was a popular show because it, people, everybody seems to like angels. <laughs> but I noticed the, the the themes of the show. Della Reese, actually, um, who I believe died a few years ago, was a New Thought minister. She was a unity minister. And unity for people who may not know, is not Christian. It's not a Christian denomination. It's a new thought denomination. Well, they claim they're not new thought, but they really came out of the new thought movement. But then I noticed a number of years ago, Roma Downey came out with a series. She produced a series of books about for children about angels. Mm -hmm. And I did a very long Facebook post on this because the book was introducing children to the idea of angels Hey, okay, they're angels watching over them. And in the books, it's a, a twin boy and twin girl are the main characters. I, I'm not sure how old they're supposed to be, but I think from what I read, they're they're fairly young. You know, there might be maybe seven, seven or eight, somewhere around there. And they start seeing these angels in their room. These angels start appearing to them and each angel has a different name. Uh, and these are, um, I think one of them, might be Gabriel, I'm not sure, but the other names are all extra biblical. I think they may come from some of the uh, Apocrypha, I'm not sure, some other other literature that's outside of the Bible. And so they have these names and, um, and they each have a different function for the children. So one of them says, oh, I'm here to teach you this, you know, I'm going to teach you how to do this, how to how to not fight with your sister. I'm going to teach you how to be more obedient to your mother. And, and it's really setting up. And these books were promoted on Christian websites. So I was very alarmed by this. And I said, this is not biblical. Children should not think that they can see an angel and start having a relationship with an angel because this is going to give them the idea that you can actually have sort of a guide you know, have an angel as a guide. And that is not the role of angels in the Bible. They are not guides and they are not teachers. The, that they, they just aren't. The Bible does not show them that way at all in scripture. So I was very upset about that and did, you know, a few posts warning about those series of books. Um, I'm trying to remember the title. It had, it had the word angels in the title. And I don't know what's become of them. I don't know if there's still popular or still being sold, but they were being promoted quite a bit on different Christian websites. So that kind of thing, uh, another danger of that is that kind of thing can get into children's literature. And so you have to be careful when it comes to angels that this is going to be a biblical understanding of who angels are and that there are the angels who serve God and they're the fallen angels. So, you that's know, good. that's yeah, that's a, an, a tricky area. 
Yeah, that's a good answer. You know, another another issue that we we see a lot out there is numerology. So mm-hmm. is numerology a big uh, thing in the new age? And if so, mm-hmm. well, we know it is. So why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. And I took um, a numerology course uh, when I was in the new age and I used it sometimes. Basically, they the belief is that each number stands for something. It represents some kind of metaphysical truth and you can get really philosophical with it uh but you what you do is you break everything down into numbers so each letter of the alphabet corresponds to a number one through nine and you can you know do the person's name and convert it into numbers and then you come up with one number for their name and then you can take their birth date and convert that into a number And that's another number that's like their life path or their destiny. Their name number is kind of who they are. And you can do more with it. That's kind of a basic, a very basic thing that you do with it. You can get, I didn't get real complicated with it, but you can get more complicated. And numbers play into um, other things in the occult and the new age as well. Like numerology will be a part of something else. So it could be a part of astrology. So you could use astrology and numerology together, for example. What you're doing is reading a hidden meaning behind the number. So number six isn't just the number six that comes after five. (laughs) You know, it has a meaning. There's a meaning to it. So when you start giving meanings to hidden meanings to something that obviously doesn't have any kind of meaning you you've stepped into really the realm of the occult uh it's the same as giving a meaning to the planet mars or the planet venus and saying this is what mars means and you know in your in your birth chart the planet mars is here in the you know the 10th house so that means you're going to be very ambitious or whatever So you're giving a meaning. Mars is a planet and we can know physical things about it. There are physical facts about Mars, how big it is, how fast it moves, what kind of gases are on it, et cetera. That's we can only know the physical things. It doesn't have any kind of meaning, you know, Mm -hmm. to it. It's just a planet created Mm -hmm. by God. So it doesn't you can't give it any kind of meaning. So when you start giving meanings to numbers or planets or shapes and figures which is geomancy um and that's another area of the occult and the new age then you're then what you're doing is a form of divination so you are practicing divination yeah that's i think that's really uh really good really good what is the difference between saying you know god um, with air quotes in the new age versus the Bible's portrayal of who God is and who he is. Yes. God in the new age is, is very, very different. Um, and there's no uh, standard view of God. You know, there are different views of God in the new age. Usually God is viewed as some kind of energy or force and everything came from God. He's usually viewed as impersonal. But there's also the view of God where you have both views where God is impersonal and personal. Hmm. Um, And it's, of course, contradictory, but this is how it is in the New Age. There's a lot of contradictory ideas. So God's impersonal and he's this force, but he also kind of has this personal side. 
And um, that you, you can see that in the books that came out. I think the first one came out around maybe 1999, uh, Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. And then he wrote several books after that. He wrote Conversations with God, books one, two, and three. Then he wrote Friendship with God. And I think then there was a couple of more. Now, I read Conversations with God, uh, book one, and I read Friendship with God. I read Conversations with God for teens. Yeah. Also, he came out with one for teens. Uh, and this is where he claimed to be getting um, answers to his questions from God, that he was, it was automatic writing. He was writing and um, he was writing out his questions. And then he said his pencil or his pen started to move on its own. And it was God answering the question. And, you know, he even said things like, how do I know you're God? Now, Neil Donald Walsh had a background in New Thought and New Age. So it's not too surprising this happened to him. He was very open to it. He was not a Christian. Uh, and he started getting these answers and just wrote them out and ended up, you know, writing these books where God is supposedly it's God answering the questions. And God often will quote scripture in these books. I mean, you know, there's quotes of scripture. He'll he'll refer to scripture. But the meaning, of course, is completely different from what it really is in Scripture. <laughs> of course, it's taken completely out of context. But of, And the messages are all very reassuring. You know, people don't realize, you know, God loves them and that they're really a part of God. And God created everything out of himself. So, you know, God, there was God. And then the way creation happened was he created out of himself. And he did that so that he could know himself, so that he could see himself. Um, and I think this may go back to some Gnostic teachings. And it's uh, so because he created out of himself and everything really is a part of God. And that's that's some of the ideas that you get in the new age. Now, my idea of God was that it was this energy um, we came from and we would all go back to. So we would all go back to God and kind of merge with God eventually. In my belief, it was only after many, many lifetimes of reincarnation. And then I would go back, you know, at some point in the future. <laughs> uh, and so God wasn't really personal. So I didn't really, I didn't think in, in, of God in terms of love um, or any kind of personal watching over me or caring about me. I didn't I didn't have that concept. Yeah. Um, I think I thought more in terms of my spirit guide as watching it. See, my spirit guide was watching over me and teaching me. So the spirit guide kind of becomes because New Agers have these substitutes for God. God is not really all that significant in the New Age. He's very much in the background. Um, sometimes um, New Agers will use the term universe. And so they'll say, well, the universe wanted me to be here. You know, the universe wanted me to be here tonight because this this thing happened and this was a really good thing for me that happened. So the universe wanted me to be here. And that's kind of like, it's like almost like they're saying, well, God wanted me to be here. But they say the universe, which is this kind of very vague concept of some sort of energy, but it has an intelligence. Because, I mean, a force can't want anything. 
So if the universe wants you to be at a certain place, there's got to be an intelligence and there's got to be a will behind it, you know, to want something. There has to be intelligence and will. And a force can't have that. So this is one of the points that I tell people who, Christians who know, who have family or friends in the new age, I bring this up as a way to talk talk to that friend or family member. Hmm. You know, if the person is talking about the universe wanting them to do this, or the universe was good and got them this job, and they say, well, what is the universe? You know, ask them. If it's this force, then how can it want anything? There has to be a will and a mind and intelligence there. Um, so that's that's kind of the the God that you you'll encounter different you'll have encounter varieties, variations is the word I'm looking for. You'll you'll encounter variations on that theme about about God. And if you ask who God is, you sometimes you'll get the answer, well. There aren't really any words to describe God. We can't really say who he is. You know, they'll be more definitive about Jesus. That's a kind of a whole other thing. But God, there, there's um, definitely more usually a vagueness about God. And of course, they don't know who God is. And they don't understand anything about God's character, his, his righteousness or his holiness, you know, and nothing they have. There's no concept of what righteousness is in the new age. I didn't understand it. Even as a new Christian, I didn't understand it. Mm. I didn't understand what that meant. Mm. Um, it took me a while, you know, to <laughs> to really understand what righteousness is. It just as it was a completely alien concept to me. And of course, you know, we can also say, you know, Exodus 314, where God says, I am who I am, you know, mm-hmm. eternally self-sufficient mm-hmm. he just says shows mm-hmm. up and here's god you know we see that in genesis one here he is he made everything and you know he is <laughs> you know so that's that was that was really really interesting you know i think i think that uh is really helpful because i, I do think that you know like you mentioned earlier people use code words like I'm spiritual. So what well, what does that yeah. mean? You know, yeah. what is what is what do you mean by so asking the question, what do you mean by being spiritual? Or what do you mean when you use this? And then, you know, right. noticing how they respond, that gives us, like you were saying, every opportunity then to connect them to the biblical worldview and to share right. share Christ um, with them. Right. Yes. Asking questions is good. Asking for definitions. How do you define that? You know, or who's God to you? So it's real important to to do that. Try to get the person to be more specific <clears throat> instead of vague. And they might have trouble being specific, but that's that's OK, because they may realize then, you know, I don't really know what who I think this God is, or why do I think that about God? Why do I think God's like that? You know, it's it's good to get them to think about it. But, yeah. you know, you don't want to say, okay, you need to think about this, because that's, you know, yeah. going to sound kind of, you know, patronizing and, and everything. Yeah. Condescending, yeah. So what you do is you just ask questions, you know, and, and see if they're willing to talk to you and answer questions. Uh, so you have to be patient. And, you know, and just be kind of listening to them and not, you know, not show any kind of 
indignation or anything because yeah, then then they're not going to want to talk to you. So you have to you have to really. It's important, I think, if you're if you're talking to someone like that that you're praying, you've either prayed beforehand or you're praying while you're talking to them, or somebody's praying for you while you're talking to them. Yeah, and just remember, I mean, this is a. I think as you're as you're saying that, just remember, this person is made in the image of God. And right. They need, right. They need, they need Christ. They're without. They're without Christ. And so. Right. Have a heart of compassion like Christ does. Right. Luke 19 right. says Jesus came to seek and save the lost. So, you know, just some just yeah. something Two other, one other thing I would say to that person, um, if you're a Christian and you're talking to them, see them through the eyes of Jesus. Jesus wants to redeem them and rec- uh, rescue and reconcile them to himself. And you're just uh, you're just an instrument. You're just a messenger. You're an ambassador, right. as Paul says. So just remember that in the back of your head. And that'll help with, you know, being uh, exercising a little patience. Remember, maybe even God's going to use this person in your life uh, since, you know, patience is a fruit of the spirit. Paul says he's going to use even this person to help you be more like Jesus. So, you know, you never know. That's true. It's very true. I agree. Yeah. What's the idea of passing energy and love to another person? How is that not prayer and or biblical? Yeah, that's, um, you know, I don't know if that came from the New Age. It's common in the New Age, but I also see it with, I think, secular people. You know, I think it's this idea. It's a way to express concern for a lot of people that and people who aren't Christians and and don't pray um, will say that because it's a way of saying I care about you. I'm concerned. So. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna think good thoughts or I'm going to send love, you good know. Good vibes, vibes. I'm gonna send yeah, although I really don't hear that. I really don't hear good vibes. I don't oh, really? I mean, maybe people say it. That's something I always associate that like with the sixties and seventies, with you know, more of a it had more of a mood, it had more of a meaning with mood, with a mood kind of um like the vibes in this place are really good, you know, like it's a good, and that's not new age. That's just kind of a, it's a cultural kind of thing. I think um, it's more like, I mean, some people might say that I, I think it's more along. I'm asked about the phrases sending you love, or I'm going to, you know, keep you in my thoughts or I'm going to send good thoughts, you know, uh, you know, your, your brother's in the hospital, I'll send good thoughts to him, you know, or I'll send healing thoughts to him. So I think what it matters a lot on who's saying it. Um, and you may or may not know the person's personal beliefs. If they are, if you do think they're new age or, you know, they're kind of new agey, then they really believe that they can think of something good, like maybe think of your brother. Um, being sick in the hospital and and picturing him becoming well. And so they may actually do that. They may actually go home and sit down and think of your brother. And especially if they know him, you know, picture him and see him getting well or see him as a a healthy person walking around, you know, jogging or whatever. And it's to them, they're sending this healing thought and they're visualizing him as becoming well. And they believe that that actually will have an effect and will help him get well. So they believe that the thoughts they, they're sending 
are really going to have an effect. So it's expressing concern, but it's also they think that the thoughts are going to have an effect. Now, some people might just say it very glibly because it sounds nice. Oh, I'll send healing thoughts to your, you know, your brother. And they think that sounds good and they are concerned. So they say that uh, because they don't pray. Uh, so that's kind of what that means. It's just kind of a, of, of a new age. It can be either very vague or it can be specific where they're going to try to visualize the person getting well or be, being well. Yeah, that's that's a good answer. That's good. How should Christians respond to the rise of the new age? Yeah, because I've been saying for several years now that it's gone mainstream in the culture. Um, so we are seeing it a lot in all kinds of forms and variations. Um, I think that we really need to know scripture well. We need to know how to interpret scripture soundly with sound hermeneutics. This doesn't mean we're all going to agree on every single passage. I mean, there are different views on secondary issues in the church. <laughs> and and so and so two Christians with two different of those secondary views might interpret a certain passage somewhat differently. But we're going to agree on the major teachings, the essential teachings of Scripture. We're going to agree on those. And we're going to agree on who God is and who Christ is. Um, and so know, you know, really know the scriptures and know how to do a sound biblical interpretation, uh, not a subjective kind of thing like, oh, what does this passage mean to me without understanding what it means in context? You know, um, I'm a big advocate of the, you know, historical grammatical method of <laughs> biblical hermeneutics. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's a good tool to learn. Uh, and hopefully people are learning that or getting that in their churches. So that way, oh, oh wait, I, one more thing I want to say, know the nature of God, know his attributes. Because when you really understand the attributes of God, it helps you recognize false teachings. Because false teachings in the church and out of the church will somehow mess up, either not have those attributes or will not agree like they'll have a, a god who changes for example yeah. a god who's learning like the neo-orthodox movement in the church a god who's learning process theology it's called openness um, open theology yeah yeah and open theism well open and theism, it was called yeah. process theology i i don't know if they're the same but open theism definitely comes from process theology i believe um Anyway, there's the they're in the same kind of area of neo-orthodoxy where you've got things that that the Bible's being used, but the teachings are not sticking to scripture as is. They are putting a different slant on scripture. Yeah. And so but so you get the and these some of these ideas are in the new age, some of these ideas about God and creation. For example, I said, um, God, you know, everything came from God. God, when he created, everything came out of God. And you find that there's some ideas like that in Eastern religions where you have God, you know, cutting up himself and becoming different gods or marrying a goddess and having, you know, God children who become gods. And, you know, all kinds of religions will have these teachings about their God. 
And so you have these these ideas that are sometimes very close to what you see in these neo-Orthodox teachings. So if you know the attributes of God, the biblical attributes, it's easier to recognize when a teaching's not scriptural just from what they're saying about God. Now, I've, this has happened to me many times yeah. where I've been reading something and I wasn't sure about it. And I, I started, you know, or maybe I was watching a video and somebody's talking about God and they're saying things. And I'm like, wait a minute. No, no, that can't be. You know, they'll say something like, well, yeah, God was surprised by that. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right away, there's something wrong because they're believing that God can be surprised. Well, God can only be surprised if he doesn't know everything. Yeah. And. So it really helps to know the attributes of God, to know scripture. Um, You know, you don't have to be an expert on the new age to recognize it. But I think at the beginning, we talked about some of the things to look for, like the focus on experience, the use of the word spiritual, um, hidden meanings. Um, Even if they're talking about the Bible, watch out for those hidden meanings. And the another one is extra biblical sources. So if they're using extra biblical sources that are outside the canon of scripture and they're trying to make it sound like that's some kind of authentic message that we should take seriously, that's another red flag. And so a lot of New Agers will do that. They'll use um, sources outside of scripture and say that it's from God or about God. And, you know, like the Gnostic Gospels is a good example. So the Gnostic Gospels, uh, the Gospel of Thomas is sometimes appealed to or quoted to in New Age writings, not sometimes quite a bit, actually. And that's because some of the teachings in the Gospel of Thomas are compatible with New Age views. So (laughs) they'll quote, they'll quote or refer to it. And they'll say, well, this is this was a, a gospel, you know, this is the Gospel of Thomas, but it was in the Bible and the church threw it out. So you have to be prepared also. It would be good to be somewhat prepared to answer something like that because, of course, it was never a part of the canon. The Gospel of Thomas came later. It came after the canon of Scripture was complete, and it was never removed from the Bible because it was never in the Bible. So you'll get all of these things that are said in the New Age, like Constantine decided what the Bible would be. Or, you know, they decided at the Council of Nicaea what the Bible would be. And until then, you know, the Christians were using the Gnostic Gospels. And they'll just say these things as though they're facts. And if you're not aware that these are not facts, you may just be feel like you don't know what to say, which is okay, because you can say, I will check that out and get back to you. And then you can go check it out. (laughs) So this is the, the confusion, you know, that comes from the enemy with all these things they'll just they'll just spout it out and they'll say it like it's true yeah and if you don't know better it's very easy to get confused or think well maybe you know maybe that's right you know i know i don't know maybe they're right so it's um it's good to know a little bit of of the history of scripture how we got the canon you know and and a little bit about the early church councils it's good to know that because then you can say, well, no, actually, that's they didn't decide that at the Council of Nicaea. Yeah. You know, and actually, no, Constantine was not the one. He did not decide what books would go in the Bible. Um, when I was um, in seminary, I mean, Dr. Geisler always said, 
you know, the canon of scripture was decided by God. We just discovered it. It was decided by God. Man didn't decide what should be. This should be in the Bible. This shouldn't be in the Bible. (laughs) You know, it was it was decided by God. Man discovered it. And, you know, there were ways to the, the teachings that were in line with what Jesus taught and what he taught the apostles. This was all part of the New Testament. The Old Testament was affirmed by Jesus himself. He affirmed the Old Testament scriptures as coming from God. He referred to the writings of Moses. He referred many times to Isaiah, um, the whole book of Isaiah, early books of Isaiah and later books, because, you know, that theory came along that there were two Isaiahs and then there were more than two Isaiahs. (laughs) And so, but Jesus referred to Isaiah throughout from the early portion to the later portion. He referred to Isaiah, one Isaiah as the writer. So Jesus himself affirmed, he said, to, he said in John 17, 17, thy word is truth. Yep. And so, you know, that's, that's very clear. Yes. So there are, it's good to understand these things. They yes. aren't too complicated if you can get kind of a basic understanding because new, some new agers, they hear and read these things and they'll, they'll spout them back to you. They'll say them to you. Yeah. What, what? Uh, well, one one thing you're bringing up the Bible. I I wrote a book called The Word Matters, and uh-huh. published by J three. It's it's it it lays out these things. It, like even Dr. Geisler would would love this book because it just follows in the the Chicago Statement of Biblical Inerrancy. Oh yeah, and, and and it really just gets. So if you're wanting more on that, what what Marsha was saying about the Bible, I would just say one of my pastor friends says it's like a little mini seminary. Uh, just it's 180 pages, so you could go. Oh, great! That. But it's it's really and the- helpful, and it and it defines things clearly. It's accessible. It's helpful not to tout my own book, but you know you were talking about this, and I wrote a book on it. So yeah, just well, yeah. It, but, why not? You should mention it. Yeah, but uh, yeah. but but the but the the point about God changing is such an important thing because it's yeah. not only a new age thing. The state of theology in 2022. Uh, said that 48% of professing evangelicals believe that God changes. Yes. And, yes, and we know yes. that we look at, you know, Hebrews 13, 9, Jesus is the same yesterday, forever. Uh, Malachi 3, 6, uh, James 1, 17, he can't change. Yes. And so uh, it's not only, don't think, oh, it's just an issue with the new age. 48% of, of this broad study across, you know, uh, people uh, that that are, professing Christians, they half of evangelicals that they surveyed just about said that God can change. Um, so so this isn't an issue just with New Age. It's like, you know, like you're talking about rightly handling right. the word of God, reading it, learning how to do that. Right. So, Correctly. So, so important. So and I think when you have the wrong concepts of God, it makes you more vulnerable to deceptions from the New Age. Yeah. It makes you much more vulnerable because some things will be said that sound appealing or sound true to you because yeah. you don't have the correct concept of who God is. And that just can, you know, just, it just leads to more deception. So that's why it's really important to really know scripture and know who God is. Amen. Yeah. Well, where can uh, people go to find out more about you on social media, which I know you're only on Facebook and yes. again about your website? <laughs> Okay. Yes. So I am on Facebook and I have a ministry page called Christian Answers for the New Age, 
where I post things related to my ministry. And uh, so you can like and follow that. I put up, um, I used to put up a post almost every day. I've kind of slowed down because um, I'm doing so much reading and I'm also spending more time on some of my posts that I'm writing. Uh, so I, and I also realized I need to leave them up for a few days to give people time to read them. Because if I put up a post every day, and some of my posts are quite long, they are usually not very short. <laughs> you know, people like like two or three days go by and people come and they're like, oh, look, she's put up four posts. And I, you know, I'm still reading one from five days ago. So I realized, you know, give people time to read them. So I leave them up now, usually, um, at least maybe for two or three days, but it all depends on what I'm dealing with. If I want to get the word out there, it's something that I finished writing. I'll go ahead and put it up. But anyway, you will see several posts a week on that page. And my website again is ChristianAnswersNewAge.com. You could even put in Google Marsha Montenegro Christian Answers, and I'm sure it would come up. So um, that's or Marsh Montenegro New Age. A lot of stuff will come up with that too. Yeah. Um, including maybe some articles or some interviews will come up. Yeah. So it's pretty easy. If you can't remember, if you're like, what did she say her website was? <laughs> you should be able to get it pretty easy uh, yeah. with a uh, search engine. We'll, we'll link it in the in the show notes. As oh, well. great. So OK. You'll, you'll be able to find it as well. OK, great. So, Thanks. Mar yeah, absolutely. Well, Marsha, um, just as we wrap up, can you give us a few takeaways uh, on this topic as a whole, just just as we land the plane on this episode. Oh wow, there's just so much to say about the new. <laughs> there is, huge, there is. It's so it's such a huge area. It's maybe because it's a mixture of different things, you know. Yeah, maybe you could land the plane on with this question of if it helps, since it is so broad. Okay, speak to the Christian, and you know, tell us why we should even care. Why we should. You know, um, maybe this is two questions. Why we should care about this, why we should be concerned about it, and should we study, continue to study this so that we can speak to, you know, our neighbors and those kind of things? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think we should care about it because, first of all, it's in the culture. It's gotten very mainstream in, in many areas um, health, education, uh, our areas that it's in sports. Uh, it's in it's in uh, psychology. It's in a lot of areas in the culture. So non-Christians are being exposed to it. Uh, and so if you're living in the world among non-Christians, it's good to be aware of this and know that these people are being exposed to it so that you can respond. Uh, so as a Christian, we want to be aware of what's going on and we want to be able to witness if God gives us the opportunity. And so if we're witnessing to someone affected by some of these new age ideas, either they're influenced by them or they're actually believing them very strongly, you want to be able to talk to them. And if you have a little familiarity with it and you know it's out there and that it's really big, it's much easier to listen to them talk because you'll 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 kind of know some things and it won't sound completely odd, but you want to be able to respond. We do want to be able to witness to Christ, witness on, uh, about Christ to people. And I think, you know, we see this, you know, modeled for us in the New Testament where Paul went, you know, I guess the famous one is he went to Mars Hill. I mean, he went there to talk to these 
pagans who were in different varieties of pagan paganism, like the Stoics and other groups who were there and had different ideas about God and, and everything. I mean, they were not Christians. They were and they were not Jews. And, you know, he in, he engaged with them and gave them the truth. But he used their statue to the unknown God as a starting point just to have kind of a connection with them, I think. I mean, this is what I think. Why he, and The Bible doesn't say that's why he did it. This is why I think he did it. And and I think that when you know something, it kind of gives you a connecting point. So I don't know. I think that 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 that's why we should we should know about this and be prepared and understand that it is a big thing in the culture. That is uh that is really a great answer, Marsha. Thank you so much for your time and sure. the, the work that you're doing. Um, it is so important. So uh, thank you for coming again on Equipping and Grace. And guys, we encourage you to I encourage you to check out Marsha's work uh, that she's doing, speaking about these matters. It's it's well done, it's well researched, and it'll point you to God's word. So thank you again, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.